This episode is brought to you by Tresta. Tresta is an app for iPhone and Android that lets you do business calling and texting from anywhere with no hardware, just the smartphone you're already using. Tresta is the best business phone app on the market, whether you're freelancing, working remotely, or running a small business. Growing your network and your business is all about communication. You've got to be available no matter where you are. Tresta offers the call management features that empower you to communicate smarter and more efficiently like auto attendance, call recording, user groups, and more. Tresta is easy to configure so you can set everything up yourself all online. Tresta's virtual phone system makes it easier and more affordable to set up a fully functioning mobile office. It's just $15 per user per month with no contract. So start your free 30-day trial today at Tresta.com frequency. That's www.tresta.com frequency. One Charlie. Mark, one Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. About the future innovation and growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host for the day, Ryan Treasure. I want to welcome you guys to the radio show. You know, Finding Your Frequency is all about that you know, that turning point in one's life, that moment where you decide to step outside of your comfort zone and go off and, you know, chase those dreams, uh, write those books, start those companies, um, or in this particular case today, just change the way that your life is and uh, change it for the better. We got a great story uh, with our guest today, Teddy Lanier, who's going to be joining us today. Uh, you know, Teddy was battling some addiction stuff, uh, and and so he... He, he he did some some things that a lot of uh, military people do. You know, they come home from being in the military and, you know, they, they self-medicate uh, for post-traumatic stress and all the different things that they've gone through and the things that they've seen and all that kind of things. And so um, always love to hear stories of recovery. Uh, so we're going to talk about that today. Uh, our guest, Teddy, uh, is just a great guy all around, uh, been in the military, uh, you know, serving 22 years, 10 years in the Army, 12 years in Special Forces, retired Master Sergeant Green Beret, uh, and he's sharing his long-term recovery story to help fellow warriors. Uh, Lanier was deployed five different times to combat in Iraq and Afghanistan, and adjusting back to civilian life brought many challenges. Hey, welcome to the show, Teddy. Brian, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, we appreciate you having on. Uh, you know, like I was kind of mentioning in the beginning of the show, that finding your frequency is about that, right? How did you find your frequency? So I, I kind of want to kick off the interview and just kind of allow you a moment to tell us how you found your frequency in life and how did you end up where you are today? You know, it's funny. I, I, I think finding frequency in life for me can be defined in, in a couple of different instances. I think we always find our frequency at certain times. Uh, throughout our life. I think, however, there are definitive times where a, a, a definitive frequency is, uh, has been found. Um, you know, from the beginning, you know, standard stuff, growing up, graduating high school, you know, joining the military, you know, and I found it then, um, and, and things were great. One of the things that riddled me for a long, long time, like you had mentioned earlier in the introduction, was uh, 
uh, was a dependence upon uh, uh, alcohol and drugs. Uh, and I will tell you, uh, despite those two issues, throughout my entire life, uh, professionally, I was always able to maintain. Uh, and it was uh, it was the personal side of things that was uh, was difficult. Uh, and that that defining moment, uh, eventually, when I talk about those two worlds colliding, the professional and personal life, uh, that defining moment was in February of 2017. When I had to find that voice, I had to I had to make that change. Those two worlds collided, and I knew that I simply could not go on. Um, my professional record speaks for itself. Uh, many, 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 many accolades, many highs, few lows. Um, but it was my personal side of things. It was always, you know, the, the secret we kept in the closet, and uh, that can only go so long. So that defining that that definitive defining moment for me happened in about February of 2017. Uh, and that's when I finally decided to come forward uh, and ask for help for a, uh, a a dependence upon drugs, alcohol, and some pretty bad uh, psychological disorders. Well, yeah, that had to be tough. Um, I know I know a lot of uh, veteran friends of mine, and you know some of the stuff that they went through in the Afghanistan and Iraq and all that kind of stuff was, you know, pretty harrowing stuff, man. I mean. A lot, lot of, lot yeah. of, lot of people under fire, and you know, a lot of stuff, and you know, a lot of times guys come back and they just don't know, you know, they don't know what to do, and so they end yeah. up in, a, in the same scenario that you were in, you know, uh, you know, yeah. drinking alcohol, taking pills, or whatever the case may be, and um, you know, sometimes it just takes, you know, um, it takes a leap of faith sometimes to be able to yeah. dig down deep and just, you know, remind yourself, you know, because you know how you know how military guys are, dude. We don't usually need help from anybody for nothing. You know, yeah. and and to make it that admission is probably the hardest step uh, to recovery. Would you agree? Absolutely. I, I will. I will tell you this. I do believe that I was genetically predisposed to the you know to the disease of addiction and alcoholism. I do believe it is a disease. However, uh, and it was something that that followed me for years. But again, it was always that thing that we could maintain. It was expected in the work environment. You know, beers after work. Uh, you know, opioids came around in the, in the 90s and opioids got a hold of me three different times. And finally, by uh, the end of the 90s, I was hooked and I stayed on them for about 17 years. Um, you know, as far as, as the combat aspect of things, uh, it is. War is, uh, is horrible. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, there's a lot of horrible things that, 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 that happen. Uh, and, and I will tell you this, dealing with some of the horrors of war, you know, for the most part, uh, I, I, was, I was fine. Um, it didn't really bother me. You know, you, you take the life of another human being, uh, it's either you or them, and, and, and I made sure that, that I came home. And, and for the most part, that didn't bother me. However, uh, there was two times in my career where life had to be taken that I didn't quite understand, uh, and, it, and it, it frightened me. And, and I later found out it was, just, it was two incidences that my brain just didn't simply know how to process, of which later on down the road, uh, as I'd finished my career and ultimately I retired, you lose that, your tribe, you lose the teams, and, and then these thoughts come into your head. And those two instances used to used to haunt me. And there were, there were things I couldn't, I just simply couldn't understand. So yes, absolutely, I would use, on top of what a normal person would do, I would actually take it to the, to the extremes uh, and, and use as, as much alcohol and as much legal and illegal and illicit drugs as possible to, uh, to to cope with those things. I just simply didn't have the tools. Yeah, and it's, you know, w one of the things I've noticed too is it's not like the United States military or the Department of Defense has, you know, um, a whole bunch of working tools to help people out like that either. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that stigma. I think that's. Uh, I think that's being fixed a lot more so nowadays than it used to be. I mean, like I think you said it just a while ago. You know, the old adage was, "They suck it up and let's keep driving on," and that works. Don't get me wrong. That 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 ideology does work. However, I think uh, battlefields have changed. I think the exposure to certain things on a combat level have changed, uh, and, and I think that that is now starting to become recognized by the appropriate people to certain things, uh, put certain things in place uh, to treat and combat uh, some of those psychological issues as well as addiction and, uh, and, and you know, and dependence on uh, chemicals and, uh, and alcohol. Yeah, 100 percent. You know, we, we, before we started the interview, I was talking to you a little bit about my dad. You know, my dad was in Vietnam and, you know, uh, my dad was a career army guy, too. He was in the army for, I think, 24 or 25 years uh, when he finally retired. But, you know, there was nothing for those guys when they came home from Vietnam. Like, you know, uh, and you're talking about, you know, watching children get blown up and just, you know, some yeah. pretty gruesome stuff. And then coming home for after fighting for your country, for the, you know, the 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 hippies of the time to be upset at the at the uh you know at the members of the military for going and fighting Absolutely. a war that they were told to go fight and then not having any infrastructure at home to deal with any of those post traumatic stresses and ever since that time period in the United States you know if you go take a walk uh you know outside in any urban area and you see a gentleman who's homeless you know i have noticed that a lot of those guys are just like my dad they're you know older yep. older guys that are homeless that just never really found their way and you know my heart goes out to everybody in those circumstances and I, I really I would really like to see the government step up and you know do something more for those people that came back from that war and give them some Absolutely. you know some kind of hope and I do see that you know the VA hospitals making a few strides here and there and making yep. things more uh, more available one of my best friends came back from you know Afghanistan and you know even though he was in the transportation division you're in the army you know what you're a rifleman first so uh yep. you know they, they they go out on on patrols and do those types of things as well and uh you know he ended up getting hit with an IED and last half of his unit and still to this day it just really messes with him and there was a time in his life where you know he was doing similar to you you know uh was mm -hmm. was functional come home from work uh he was he's a master mechanic so he'd go work on Humvees and whatnot uh mm -hmm. as a civilian contractor uh, during the day and then come home and you know then it was like you know that that skeleton in your closet you you would pull it out you start drinking you know popping some percocets or whatever the case may be and uh it it took him a good two or three years to finally figure out the, you know similar to you just to to, to muster up the in, intestinal fortitude to say hey i got a problem and i need help you know and i want to and i want to talk about that because um i know that you know, warrior's heart um, is is something that really helped you. And I interviewed the uh, the founders of Warrior's Heart on another episode that we yep. had done here. Yep. And mm -hmm. you know, just the story of how it came about and why it's there was was awesome. So let's talk a little bit about Warrior's Heart. And I'm going to kind of read their bio for those of those mm -hmm. those of you guys who may not have heard that episode. Warrior's Heart, uh, their vision is to bring one million warriors home uh, as the first and only private accredited treatment program in the United States for warriors only, military veterans, first responders faced with self-medicating struggles, alcohol addiction, prescription drug addiction, PTSD, mild TBI 
and other recurring issues. Um, other than the VA or Veterans Administration, there is nowhere else in the United States where warriors can go for residential treatment and be with their peers. And that's an important part, right? Because yep. when you're with your, it's one thing to go get some help from being an addiction and you go to some state county local facility or whatever the case may be but like you said earlier you're not with your tribe you're not with people that know who know what you've gone through and know what you've had to deal with and and knowing that the guy standing next to you whether he was navy whether he was marine or you know coast guard or whatever the case may be you know no, no matter what the military branch is there's a connection that all veterans have that will never die and that is i think some of the most important components about warrior's heart and why i think it's so helpful um and so why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh you know your journey with warrior's heart absolutely yeah like i said it uh it started and i came forward in february 2017 and ultimately in april of 16 april 16th of 2017 i was uh i gotten a laid the groundwork to get to uh, Warriors Heart. I had some very important people in my life, some private uh, sponsorship and donorship stepped in on my behalf because at the time they were still about a year and a half in their infancy. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I got down there and I will tell you this, she says something very important about the being able to relate to the uh, clientele and veterans and we all can relate to each other. I always start out with this, Ryan. The first thing, the one thing that struck me the most was the first words out of the first person's mouth when I stepped on that property was welcome home. You know, and that's huge because I've, I've talked about this before. You know, I'd been home, and of course, I'd been welcomed home. I got that. However, the manner in which they welcome you, they simply look at you, smile, they tell you, welcome home, and they give you a hug. And I cannot tell you the feeling of elation that that, that gave to me. Um, and that's not a that's not a ding on on friends and family in my hometown or in my home. It was just something on a different level. I'd finally felt that uh, as hard as it was to ask for help, there was so many unknowns. And when you, when you show up there, they welcome you home and you're not chastised and it's not a chore, it's not a process. It's, you, you, you feel at home. For the first time in so many years, I finally felt at ease. Uh, but it was, uh, it, was, it was a lot of work. Uh, the cool thing is, is they, they treat everything. You know, it's, it's a combination of the addiction piece, mild traumatic brain injury type stuff and, uh, and, and PTS. Uh, you know, you're assigned, or I was assigned a, a trauma counselor and a substance abuse counselor, and it was work. Um, it, it's a very nice facility, but it was certain, certainly no place that I was going to show up and prop my feet up. And then, you know, <laughs> for my, in my case, uh, eight, nine weeks later, you know, snap my fingers and, and all is good. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, you have to put in the work. Uh, and, and the great thing is, is you're finally exposed, or at least for me, I was exposed to tools and coping mechanisms that I never knew possible. I, I didn't even know about. Um, and, and so you're given these things. Uh, and, and all the while, you're, it's not like you're starting out on your own program. They put you in there with clients that are, have been there that are currently working a program. So it's, it's just like you know, being put into a, uh, a military school or, or, or basic training or, or whatever the case may be. You're, you're, you're right there with your peers. Everybody's the same, whether they've been there for two weeks or a day you're welcomed with uh, with open arms, but uh, you got to get to work uh, because for me, it was a matter <laughs> yeah. of life and death. Make no mistake about it. Make yeah, and, absolutely. No and if there and if there's one thing veterans and military people do better than everybody else, it's put in the work. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was it was a lot of late nights. Um, yeah, and it was a, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of uh, you know searching inside of yourself. It was a lot of brutal um, honesty. Uh, and I learned right quick, you know, on top of drugs and alcohol and, and everything else and psychological, I'm a master manipulator. You know, I'm, I'm a, a professional liar. Uh, and and that lasted, I think, maybe one or two sessions. And, and, and my, my counselors were not scared to call me out on it. And when I say call me out on it, just like maybe, a, you know, a, a non-commissioned officer that was in charge of me years ago that was, you know, stern and in my face, not in a, in a threatening manner, but a stern and loving manner because they get it and they want you to get it and all you had to do was just key out the, the key for me was i had to keep my mouth shut and my ears open and for the first time listen to somebody that had something to say and to be honest about the, the way i was feeling about it yeah and i can only imagine too if you have a 17 year addiction um you know you've done a lot of lying and manipulating over that time to Absolutely. hide and cover that up you know absolutely it's yeah not- <laughs> it's it's yeah absolutely you know it, Eventually, you know, things, things, certain things stop working and we, we jump up to the next level of, uh, of, of drug of choice. And, uh, and believe you, believe you me, I did them all and I was able to do them all and, and, and maintain that because I was a master manipulator. I'd lie, I'd cheat, I would steal. I didn't care who you were. I'd smile on your face one minute. If I could, I'd take your wallet, you know, and I, and I'm not embarrassed to admit that these days because it's the truth. You know, I, I've, I've realized now that to be honest about things, um, gets a point across from which others may be scared to take that step when they hear it from somebody like me that's like, hey man, it's okay. You know, I am, I, I was that master manipulator. You know, I would, I'd rob yeah. you blind in a heartbeat. You know? well, and, and it was solely driven, driven on, uh, on that next high. Well, and how awesome is it to be able to go through the program and finally be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm not lying to myself anymore. Absolutely. And that was, that was the big thing for the first time in my life. I was able to, you know, to, to actually like what I see in the mirror to, you know, to love myself because I hated myself for so long. Um, you know, even to this day, it's, it still amazes me, uh, the transformation, you know, I, I never thought in a million years that I'd I'd make it (laughs) a day, much less three years. But, uh, but I'm just, I'm telling you, man, if, if the work is put in, and we're willing to go to any length. So there's there's nothing you can't do. Well, I mean, it truly it truly is one day at a time. I mean, that's you yeah. have to take that step at one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that Warriors Heart probably had, you know, I know you had counselors and all those kind of things. Yeah. But um, one of the things I really liked is uh, how how art therapy was helpful to you. Uh, oh yeah, dude. <laughs> explain yeah. that. Explain that to the listeners. Oh, absolutely. Now the art therapy, I think that's something. That wasn't in play when I was something that there's now, because again, I went about a year and a half in their, in their development, their beginning. But one thing they did have that was mandatory was yoga. Now I'm here to tell you, I'm 6'2", about 275 pounds. I'm a big dude. I don't do well with yoga. And I remember going, I'm not doing yoga. And you know, here we go again, I'm trying to take my will back. And they're like, well, absolutely, yes, you are gonna do yoga. So, you know, uh, and I know there's some folks out there that'll hear this that say, Lanier did yoga, but I'm here to tell you, you know, when I just, when I just, again, shut my mouth and open my ears and listen to someone, it works. You know, the yoga program, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the iron works. You can go down there and bang steel and make stuff out of iron and art, <laughs> um, fishing, gardening. I mean, just all the, the the electives that they have down there are amazing because what it does, is it, tap, it tapped into me some talents that I never knew existed. 
So um, what, what was one of those talents that you found out about that you didn't know that you do now? Working in the working in the metal shop by far. Okay. I mean, turning a piece of metal into a piece of art. <laughs> and for me, that's a good thing because, you know, like, like so many others, both guys and gals, you know, I had a lot of anger to work out. Uh, and I would take it, uh, I would take it to the metal shop and I would beat it out of a piece of iron. You know, I'd heat it up and I'd beat it into a piece of art. You know, I made tomahawks and, and some other pieces. Uh, there's a dentist down there that, that, that totally redid my teeth. Uh, crystal methamphetamine had rotted them out. I totally redid my piece, so I made him some art. You know what I mean? So, I, I, again, would never in a million years thought I would be making art, much less doing yoga, but, but I did them. Now, I really don't do too much yoga anymore <laughs> these days, but, uh, <laughs> but, but the art piece is something that sticks with me. Every time I go down there about now, every three or four months, I'm on the Warriors Heart Board of Advisors for Warriors Heart Foundation. I go right back to that metal shop when I've got free time and I'll bang out some tomahawks. And of course, leave them there to be auctioned off at charity events or I, or I make them as gifts. You know, something that's stuck with me. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm happy for you, man. I'm happy that you found some solace in, uh, you know, in yourself and you found some great help with Warrior's Heart. And I mean, when I did the interview with those guys who founded Warrior's Heart, I was just blown away, man. Yeah. You know, I was just like, <laughs> I, I wish that I would have known about this uh, a long time ago, right? I could have, I could have uh, sent some of my friends in that direction. I think that we're dealing with, uh, some of their own vices and their own troubles. Yeah. And, uh, so what are you, you doing? Mean, what are you doing now? Like what's, what's your, what's your day to day? Now? I, uh, I'm actually a government employee. I work on Fort Bragg at a shooting facility. I'm a shooting and urban warfare instructor. Oh, um, that's uh, awesome. That probably comes pretty natural for you. Yeah, it's uh, I, it was something that I got into. I, I retired in 2011. I uh, contracted for about four years, and then in 2015, a very dear friend of mine offered me a job there as a GS11, uh, and I took it. And um, to this day, I still work there, despite the fact that uh, I had you know stepped forward and went away for a while to get fixed up. Uh, but uh, my chain of command had a hundred percent support for me uh, during and since then uh, since does to this day um that's awesome so yeah I, I, I shoot guns and teach uh urban warfare for a living you and i could probably do an entire show just on that topic <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's funny i uh i like that you know I, it's funny talk about jobs and employment i like that job there was a time where i you know i love the military and i love doing that job and I, I still love to do a lot of things but when it comes to that and working in the field of recovery or being involved with Warriors Heart, I like my job, but I absolutely love working in any capacity I can in the area or field of recovery, as, as well as being a member on the board of Warriors Heart Foundation. It is simply the most amazing thing I could have ever dreamed of being, uh, being able to do. Well, and I think I think you're uniquely positioned also because of your experience with Warrior Heart and still Absolutely. your connection with the military that, you know, oh, you, yeah. you now have an outlet for other other war fighters. You can go to them and say, hey, I see you struggling. I see this. You, yep. you know, this is what I did and share your story and give them some, you know, a little bit of hope that they may not know that was there. And, and Ryan, it's funny you mentioned that 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 happens. Um, and again, not to go into specifics, but. But that does happen. And that was something that I knew. I knew that this is people above me took a chance on me and let me go away to get fixed. And I made a promise, not only to myself, but there's, I made a promise to a lot of people. And sure, I could have shown up and said, hey, everything's great, but actions speak louder than words. And I made it my mission to, to maintain that certain standard of, of, of 
of doing just that, proving that this indeed does work and, and proving that, you know what, it's okay to take a chance on somebody like they did on me. Because what I did is unheard of in the special operations community, at least for the most part. Again, it goes back to the suck it up, move out, drive on, or people just don't say nothing. So I think I might have broke the mold, uh, especially where I work when it comes to standing up and literally admitting to guys who I've known for many, many years that I, and my exact words were guys, I'm a bona fide drug addict, alcoholic, and if I don't get help now, I might not live to see another day. I'll never forget that till the day I die. Those were my exact words when I came forth, uh, admitted to uh, having an issue. And uh, it's been, uh, it's just been a, a whirlwind ever since, you know. Are you having trouble finding hand sanitizer? Well, Spa Treat has you covered. There's no need to go searching high and low. Just visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and place your order on their easy-to-use website. On schedule delivery. One of the great things about this product, Spa Treat Fulfillment Team is working around the clock to provide people hand sanitizer during this time of need and get your order to you as quickly as possible, even faster than Amazon. Spa Treat also has the lowest price of any of its competitors. Spa Treat has 62% alcohol content and the FDA recommends between 60 to 80 for maximum protection. This one has 62 because it doesn't dry your hands out. I use this stuff every single day. It is fantastic. It's got certified organic extracts with the ingredients in that hand sanitizer that are of the highest quality and they're designed to leave your hands smelling and feeling fresh while protecting you at the same time. The best part, there's no tricky residue left over. None. None of that sticky stuff. Four cents available, unscented, tea tree, lavender, and lemon. And best of all, this product right here is made in the good old United States of America. A lot of companies are having trouble dealing with the current demands, so Spa Treat has dedicated themselves to providing a much-needed product in the time of crisis. Spa Treat has better prices, faster shipping, and a larger supply than any of their competition. There isn't even a close second. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and enter promo code SPA SPA at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. That's right. Not only are they offering the lowest price available, but they're also offering our listeners a discount. This promo code is exclusive to Voice America and only our listeners get this discount. SpaTreat and Voice America came together on this sponsorship in order to provide Americans something they could really need right now. Peace of mind. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and order yours today. That's SpaTreatOfficial.com and make sure you use the promo code SPA at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. SpaTreatOfficial.com. Get your awesome hand sanitizer. This is why I do this show. This is why I do Finding Your Frequency. I, I get to do two things. Number one, I get to I get to learn, right? I get to I get to hear your guys' stories, guys and gals from all over, you know, whether it's their story of how they you know, made it big in business or, you know, decided that they weren't going to, you know, be a waiter or a waitress anymore and wrote a book that was a New York Times bestseller. Um, But what I really take away from all of these conversations are, you know, a whole bunch of awesome life lessons that I can apply because my job is to raise my six-year-old daughter to be an adjusted, you know, uh, great human being. And, you know, when you have conversations with other people who have gone through so much strife and you hear them, you know, say words about, you you know, not not lying to yourself, putting in the work that um, your 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 actions speak louder than your words. These are all things that like I will take home um, and use 
in, in facilitating that because my daughter is six years old and she has already let me know that she wants to go to the Air Force Academy. And oh, so yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, all right, well, if you want to go to the Air Force Academy, you're going to have to put in the work because that <laughs> yeah. uh, is one of the most prestigious military colleges in the world. Um, Absolutely. Right. Next to uh, next to the Army's uh, uh, prestigious one as well. Uh, yep. Absolutely. But, I mean, it's just like, like, you know, do you, do you have kids? Yes, I do. I have three children. Uh, so and they are, my son is 18. Uh, my daughter is 20. Oh my gosh, she's going to kill me if I get it wrong. She's 25. <laughs> and I have a, another son who will be 28 in August. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I have a I have a 22 year old son who's out of the house and already married and lives in Missouri, and then my six year old daughter who's uh, just rampaging around the house right now with all this COVID 19 stuff. She doesn't have enough stuff yeah. to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, how are you paying it forward? You know, it's it's funny. We we talk about, um, and that's big for me, paying it forward. You know, I've always said that. You know, who am I to keep this gift to myself? Um, and, and that's the whole purpose of it is to is to help as many as I can. And there's a lot of things that motivate me to do that. Number one, um, you know, the, the ability, the, the, the chance that I was given uh, to pay it back. Number two is when, you know, I do a lot of speaking. I've spoken at conferences. I've spoken in prisons. I've gone to, you know, I'm really big in Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, I, I attend a lot of Narcotics Anonymous. <laughs> and of course, I do a lot of traveling back down to Warrior's Heart to where it all began for me. Uh, and, and, and and all of that is, is again, it goes putting in the work while I'm a tr- in treatment. You know, now, now, now life happens. When I get outside of that comfort zone, when I get outside of the real world, now's when the real work starts. And, and, and what am I gonna do? Uh, and, and I stay motivated by A, keep passing it forward and I get my motivation from seeing that light turn on it you know if I'm speaking to somebody or helping somebody in need and there's just that certain twinkle in their eye when they finally when they finally have reached that point and they're like you know hey I need some help or if I've been working if I've been sponsoring a guy before you know I've been working with him and, and he's going you know he's working his own program of recovery and eventually sometimes you see that light turn on you know and it's like you know what hey I'm not I'm by no means can say he or she will, will never do these things ever again. But, but you can see when that light switch comes on and like, you know what? I think I'm starting to get this. <laughs> those are, uh, those are very uh, huge motivating factors. You know, I get under Warriors Park uh, and I did a couple of videos. I did a video of my first year of sobriety called interview with a retired green beret, Teddy Lanier. And I can't tell you how many people have contacted me, people I don't even know. They said, hey, man, I saw your video, and I'm down here at Warrior's Heart. Or, hey, man, I saw your video, and I'm starting to go here. Or I'm just calling contact at Warrior's Heart. Or, hey, I just want to talk to you, man, because I don't know where I'm at. Could you, you know, could you help me out? And uh, I firmly believe that, you know, my story was wrote a, lo- a long, long, long time ago, and it's just become apparent to me now that I'm understanding the chapters. I feel it is, uh, is my mission uh, in life. Uh, to continue this, to continue helping the next one, and uh, doing you know everything within my power to do that. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, thank you for that. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people that um, you know wouldn't wouldn't go that far to 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 help another person, and you know, especially in the trying times that we're dealing with right now. You know, uh, so, someone said something to me today. When when the worst is happening to people, the best of people come out. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. That, that does. 
Yep, I, I'm 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 100 proud to be an American. I'm proud to 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 you know be in this country and be free and you know all of those things because I've been places where people are not free. You know, yeah. and to be able to live exactly. here and have that opportunity is you know one of the most amazing gifts that God could ever give us. Um, no, absolutely. You know, uh, I was reading here uh, that you were on the uh, Today Show, right? Yeah, the uh, we did a piece. Um, I think my, there was the the Today Show does a series called Grit. It's an acronym, I believe, G R I T. Okay, not quite sure what it stands for. Maybe that's just the meaning. Anyways, there was some videos. I guess they had, from my understanding, several videos were submitted uh, for this show. Uh, mine, the the YouTube video I did interview with the retired Green Beret was uh, submitted. Uh, and apparently it was picked, uh, and they chose me and Bonnie Nealon, the at the time lead clinician uh, at Warriors Heart, to actually attend the show. And uh, I, I believe it was the topic was, uh, you know, again just along the same lines as this, you know, stories of of, of hope. Um, and I was very, very, very fortunate to uh, to get the spot. We did a live shoot on the Today Show, and it was met with some incredible success. I don't know exact numbers, but I do know um, the weekend prior to the show, I was down at War's Heart filming some of the video footage. Uh, and I, I, I want to say that they were actually getting their phones looked at uh, in the event that the phones would start ringing off the hook once this, uh, this show had aired on the Today Show. And from my understanding, they did. Uh, there was a, a huge uptick in uh, uh, in phone calls and interest into War's Heart, as well as donations and people actually seeking treatment there so uh, it was great you know and, and again I, if if it takes me to put my story on a on a nation or a national platform i'll do it if it takes me to stand out in the middle of the street and talk to one person i'll do it there's absolutely no one or an audience i will not tell my story to it's 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 free for the taking i'll i'll, I'll tell anybody it, it, awesome. and again the result is is somebody you know might live instead of die if they hear what I've got to say. And that's all I care about. You know, I just want to help the next person. I want to do the next right thing. I want to help as many as I possibly can, no matter the platform. That's amazing. I work with a radio show here called Landmark Recovery, um, and and it's a show that I produce. So I want I want to set you up with those guys too because you know they're they're huge in the recovery area, and I think that that would be a great platform also for you to you know tell your story. But where if you if you had a group of people in front of you right now that were you know not able to fess up to the fact that they are uh, you know drug addicts or alcoholics. Um, what's what's some advice that you would give them to help them to stop lying to themselves so they can get some help? There is hope. No matter how hopeless you feel, no matter how hopeless the situation, I can assure you for 100% that there is and will always be hope. And if I have to be that hope, for either that particular person or that group of people, then I will. And I will be that hope so as to show them exactly how to find that hope themselves. Uh, very well said. Very well said. So when's the next time you're headed down to Warrior's Heart to go bang some steel? <laughs> you know, I was I actually had to cancel a trip in uh, March because of the, the they put a uh, there's a travel restriction for 
or for DOD civilians, uh, which is what I am. And that just got extended for a little while. So I'm probably thinking it's probably going to be the end of the summer, maybe first of fall before I get down there. I hate to say that because I'm, I, I love going down there. I mean, I go down there and I work with the foundation, but you know, I also go down there and still get counseling and therapy. You know, I still know the counselors down there and, uh, and, and all that. So, uh, I, I miss it. I love going down there. So I believe, unfortunately, it probably won't be till the end of summer before I can get back down there. Oh yeah. The Yale government wants to keep you where you are in case they need you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, my, my friend who's a, a civilian contractor for the Army who, uh, like I was telling you, he works on Humvees still. And uh, and that, that's what they did. They, the base is, like, closed. The, uh, the the 52nd Street Armory that he works out of here for the uh, Arizona National Guard. And uh, that's what he they did. They're like, oh, we're just sending you home. So he's furloughed, just sitting at home with four kids. Uh, he's he's a, <laughs> a single dad, four kids, yeah. uh, and just uh, a, a whole mountain of time on his hands with nothing to do so now you know i oh, went yeah. over i went over his house this weekend he's like i'm building a corvette <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's been uh it's been interesting so I, you know i tell you i i, I practice precaution I, I buy by the rules but you know i, I you know I, I still go out and do what i gotta do but i'm just a little more a little more cautious these days i guess but um yeah it's been a, it's been a bit uh been a bit been a bit trying but uh we, we figure out what to do to, to stay uh, entertained that's for sure so are you like wearing masks and all that stuff when you go no, out in public? i'm not i'm gonna be honest with you i'm not giving into the fear narrative or the panic narrative i, I don't wear a mask i don't wear gloves um you no. know but again i practice caution uh, i stay at home like i'm supposed to i follow <laughs> the one-way arrow in the grocery store as much as i hate to admit it but i do uh it's just doing the right thing but we try to mitigate or, or excuse me minimize uh, exposure as per order of the uh, the stay at home orders and all that stuff. Again, I might not I might not like it and I might not agree with it, but uh, it's not my choice. It's something that's the right thing to do. Yeah, no, I think that you know uh, this this whole scenario has been challenging and trying on everybody. I think my wife Absolutely. and my I think my wife and my daughter have not, you know, they maybe left the house to go to the grocery store or something like that. But I think yeah. they haven't gone or done anything for almost sixty days. Yeah, 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 and like, and I, I'm still, I'm still commuting back and forth to the studio, right? Because, uh, yeah, uh, you know, our, 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 our network is a news talk organization, and so there's a lot of our shows, especially on like the health and wellness channel, that are, you know, interviewing high level doctors, nurses, people on the front Absolutely. lines of the whole thing, and you know, we're just out here trying to get the information out, and man, is it just, uh, uh it's, it's saturated. There's so much content around all this because it's been going on for, you know, um, exactly. for so long it's just been challenging what what is one of the biggest challenges that you have had uh during this whole thing well just like i said following the rules you know we talk <laughs> about um my, my personal will got me into treatment and if i'm not careful trying to take my will back to do what teddy wants to do can get me in trouble as well so having to learn to you know again like i said earlier if i have to go to the grocery store you know follow the one-way arrows in the aisles you know stuff that i'm not used to that i don't like and i don't agree with uh, but i have to do it uh, and that's been a challenge for me you know following the rules if you will and i'm yeah. a lot better at it now these nowadays than i used to be um and, and you know like i think you mentioned the traveling piece not that i travel exponentially but i do like to go uh here and there had to had to tone that down a little bit uh having to deal with my son who's 18 years old who's always on the go with his buddies trying to trying to find that common ground with him not to keep him totally locked down but not letting him run amok 
Um, that's been so it's, a, that's been that's, that's been, been that's been challenging. That's been my biggest challenge with a six year old who who lives at home and has no like her older brother. Like she she barely even remembers him, like other than uh, when he got married last year and we went out to Missouri, you know, and she was five when that happened. And so then she was able to, you know, oh, my get to meet my like it was like she was meeting her brother for the first time because, you know, she was so young and so, you know, so distant. And so now we have. You know, we don't have any other any other kids at the house. So my poor daughter's just there bugging the crap out of my wife because there's no one else to play with. And, you know, I finally I finally broke down a couple of days ago. She's like, can I go ride my bike? And I'm like, yes, you can go ride your bike. I said, if you're going to ride with the neighbor, she's got a couple of neighbor friends, you know, and I'm like, you guys can ride bikes together. Don't swap bikes. Uh, you know, yeah. don't get too close to each other. And here's a bottle of hand sanitizer. I put it in a spray bottle and put it in her pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, my son wants to go fishing and, and we kind of, we can watch him on uh life 360. It's an app on our telephones. So, you know, and I know who he's with. I know what that, that individual's parents expect of him. So, and, and we can try to go straight to the fishing pond. It comes straight back. So, you know, just finding that common ground um, to, yeah. to, you know, obviously to, to follow the rules, but uh, also to, to give him just a little bit of freedom instead of total lockdown. And so far it's worked out really well. He's a, he's a great young man. And uh, my wife and I are able to, uh, to tackle that together. So uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, I like tinkering. I like tinkering around the house and doing little house projects. And so uh, this last weekend I'm uh, coming in and out of the garage door uh, that goes into the house. And my yeah. wife, my wife goes, do you notice what's wrong with that, uh, that doorknob? And I went, what, something's wrong with the doorknob? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. you mean? Oh, you mean I gotta go to Home Depot and get a new doorknob? I was like all excited because I got to leave to go oh, do boy. something that was essential. I felt like okay, yeah, exactly. I gotta fix the doorknob. Exactly. Oh, I get, I get you, man. I get you. <laughs> I had that. I had this uh, store credit in my wallet for like five months for Home Depot, and I was like, I get to use my store credit. It's not even. I don't. Yep. I feel like I'm getting this part for free. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh no, I, I, I totally get it, man. Yeah, it was weird, too. I don't know about how you guys are handling it in Louisiana, but I go to Home Depot and there's a line around the building with little X's with six feet apart in order to get in. And they got, you know, monitoring the total number of people that are in the store. And, you know, and I hadn't really been out. My wife has been home. So, you know, if if we needed groceries or something, she would just go do that while I was at work. And so I hadn't actually experienced, you know, waiting in line or being six feet apart or any of that kind of stuff. So it was a, a shocker to me for sure. Yeah, here in North Carolina, same thing. We use I use Lowe's a lot, and they got the stickers on the six feet away. And like I said, all the aisles in the grocery stores have a one-way sign. You can only travel in one direction down the aisles. And so, it, yeah, it's sounds about the same, just about. Oh, one-way aisles. I haven't seen that yet. I'm going to have to go. Yeah, to the, yeah, the, uh, I have to go yeah, to the grocery the store just to experience it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's enter, in one, enter, enter in one side of the store, exit the other. Um, some I've seen where they've got aisles kind of roped off or a walkway kind of roped off and it leads you into the aisles and you, you know, one direction down one aisle, opposite direction, the other aisle. So yeah. I, it's, uh, it took a little bit getting used to, uh, I must admit. I wonder, I wonder in February of 2021, how many COVID-19 babies are going to be? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of them. <laughs> like I've been in the house for 90 straight days. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Teddy, we really appreciate you being on and telling your story. I mean, you know, 22 years in the military, 
12 years in special forces, you know, bring a green beret. That means a lot to me. As I told you, my father was a green beret. So, you know, uh, much respect to you for the service that you provided to our great country. Um, and even more respect to you for being able to step up uh, out of your comfort zone and, and, and summon the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, do something different, try. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely, uh, Ryan. And I, and, I, and I appreciate you guys having me on. And, and, and like I said earlier, I just I just realized now that my story was wrote many, many, many years ago. And, and now I'm just figuring out the chapter. So uh, I couldn't be more excited. Uh, and I look forward to uh, to any opportunity uh, out there. And I look forward to uh, to maybe speaking to you again in the future. And and I wish you all the best of luck as well, sir. Yeah, and I think we should we should definitely have a a radio show about shooting guns. I'm sure that we could have a great one on that one. I'm an I'm an avid three gun shooter myself. Love to do three gun course work and. Um, uh, ab- absolutely enjoy talking about that too and uh, but I want to remind everybody too to make sure that they go to uh, warriorsheartfoundation.org um, Warriors Heart is a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, people can donate to help fund military veterans and first responders seeking treatment who can't afford to pay insurance co-pays or are seeking a scholarship um, so I want to make sure to remind all of our listeners to get out to uh, warriorsheartfoundation.org um, and, and donate some money to help out our warfighters who are in a similar scenario as Teddy. Um, you know, obviously you guys heard this story. You heard what Teddy had gone through. You see where he's at now and all of the help that warrior's heart was able to give him. So, um, you guys can do your part to pay it forward by helping out Warriors Heart Foundation at warriorsheartfoundation.org uh, and, and help, help, help another gentleman just like Teddy uh, to end up in a place where now Teddy is, uh, to be able to speak on stages, to be able to help people, uh, to be able to get that word out there and, and, and really you know have a living testament of to what the possibilities are, um, are extremely important. So thank you, Teddy, for uh, allowing yourself to uh, to be exposed in that manner uh, and, and tell your story, because I know in the beginning of this whole scenario, it probably was not easy. Uh, it, um, yeah, I just, I, I made a promise to myself and I made a promise to uh, to Josh and Lisa, uh, of which you've interviewed, that uh, that I was, I was gonna pay this back and pay it forward. And that has been my, uh, my goal, like I said earlier, and it will continue to be until, uh, you know, up until with my last breath, period. Well, I want to thank you for tuning in to Finding a Frequency. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check us out on all podcast platforms. We're everywhere. Uh, give us five stars because it's way better than four, and I think we deserve it. <laughs> Give us those five Absolutely. stars. If you guys have any uh, uh, items you would like me to talk about on the show, please email us info at voiceamerica.com. And of course, you can follow everything on our Finding Your Frequency uh, Facebook page. You can find all the promos for the shows there. And of course, me on Twitter at Radio Ryan One. And then follow the network at Voice America TRN. And I'm going to tell you guys again get on over to Warriors Heart Foundation and go give them a donation. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, warriorsheartfoundation.org. Go give them some some bucks so they can help more people. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Finding Your Frequency right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And we're gonna have some more fantastic content coming at you in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Bye for now.